thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Inspired Optimist with your host, Dr. Jacinta DiPrinzio, inspiring you to create a life that is healthy, bright, and full of life. Hi guys, and welcome to another recording of the Inspired Optimist podcast. I'm Jacinta, and today I'm sitting with my fabulous friend, Sarah Hopkins. She is a Czech practitioner, a holistic lifestyle coach, and she's going to be sharing her knowledge with us today. Thanks for being here, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, So we go a a little way back. Yes, we do. Um, So thank you so much for for taking the time out to record and, and share your knowledge with my listeners. But my first question for you would be, what is your definition of happiness? Oh, I like this question. So I guess for me, I feel like happiness is such a sort of bandied around term and I feel like it's quite multifaceted. So I feel like to be happy, you really do need to be healthy on the inside and on the outside. So that's sort of one part of it. And I also feel like for me, happiness is a sense of fulfillment and a sense of purpose in life. And I guess that's something that we can maybe talk about further. Um, And also just finding joy in small things and knowing what those things are that bring you happiness and being able to incorporate those on a regular basis. That was very long-winded. I love it. It's good. So um, what springs to mind is a recording that um, I did with a friend of mine, Lawrence, Tam, and we spoke all about purpose and um, what that means. So for you in terms of how that relates to actually happiness and having fulfilled life, what do you mean by that? So I think that a lot of people don't know what their purpose is or feel like they're not being of service in any capacity in their life that's quite general but Mm. I spend a lot of time working with people around their health or around their life and you know when it comes to happiness I think one of the biggest roadblocks to that is really that people feel like either they're stuck in their job or their relationship or their financial situation and and they feel like they don't know what it is they're in inverted commas meant to do or should be doing with their lives or they, they feel a bit lost. And I think that sometimes it's, it's actually as simple as finding ways in their current position. If we just use work as an example, if they're a real estate agent and they hate that and they're just miserable in their job, if they can just change their perspective around, they're helping people every single day find somewhere to live. They're helping people make a really big, important decision and find their new home that will be, you know, transformational for them. So if they can find a purpose in what they do, it's going to bring them a sense of um, service to others and and a sense of satisfaction, I think. And so I think that's what I mean by... Um, purpose someone having a sense of purpose and and then ultimately flowing from that more happiness does that make sense yeah yeah definitely so um what i'm hearing you're saying there is it's not necessarily um that you have to completely change your career and know exactly what you're doing because god knows i have no idea what i'm doing half the time (laughs) but um that it's more about a change in perspective and how you look at things yeah definitely and obviously you know for some people i think that it I, I would say that sometimes it is worth reflecting on what you love to do and trying to find ways that you can intersect that with, with what you do for work. But 
if you can find the good parts in your job and focus on how you're being of service, then I think you'll find more happiness. Love it. Beautiful. So that sort of leads on to what we're going to talk about today in terms of how mindset can affect your health. But before we get into that, can you just tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to be the amazing woman that you are now? (laughs) I'm blushing right now. (laughs) So I guess, you know, like a lot of people in the health and wellness industry, my own um, passion for health and wellness really developed out of my own healing experience or um, dis-ease experience. So I had a lot of health issues whilst I was growing up. So as a teenager, I had chronic acne, migraines, hormonal dysregulation, weight gain so lots of sort of not fun things and then by the time I was in my early 20s I also had irritable bowel syndrome and sort of an exacerbated hormonal homeostasis for want Mm -hmm. of a better word so lots of hormonal symptoms and throughout that time I was always sort of knee-deep in any sort of health information that I could find I think just out of a natural curiosity and probably because it is my passion but um, it wasn't really until about my mid-20s when I came off the contraceptive pill Mm. that I just realized how serious everything was because I failed to menstruate and that went on for 10 years and so that was really the catalyst for me to try and uncover what was happening inside of my body Um, and ultimately I happened upon an amazing book by Paul Check, who is obviously the founder of the Institute, the Czech Institute that you and I both studied right, under. Yeah. And basically that book was really that the the one book that resonated so deeply with me and it was quite simple, quite profoundly simple, and it was only sort of through really executing the recommended holistic lifestyle changes in that book that I really started to notice a profound transformation in my own health and well-being such a bandied about word so um it was from there that um and and through that experience that I was then compelled to study under Paul Check and again I was doing that just for my own personal growth and healing and development and then was compelled to start my own health coaching business which I did five years ago and here I am yeah fantastic so I am sure that um you know it wasn't all smooth sailing through when you were learning about all these things yeah definitely what what were some of the things that you found um before we get into today's topic but I think it's really important to sort of you know we struggle too, right? Like it's not easy to completely change your life and change your health expression. But yeah, what were some of the things that you found really difficult as you're going on that journey? So on my own healing journey? Yeah. So many things. And I mean, you know, I think Jacinta, you would know that as healers and as leaders in the health industry here in Perth, I, I think it's there is a perception that everything is perfect. (laughs) We don't have our shit together. And and the truth (laughs) is, and I think that what's really great about this is that it's our vulnerabilities and it's our, and, and, and it's the experiences that we have had and it's the highs and lows that actually, um, make us better health professionals and help us to have that compassion and empathy for others and, and to stay grounded in being of service. Mm. Um, but probably the challenges, For me, I think when I was younger, probably actually the biggest challenge, if I'm 100% honest, and I'm actually just sitting with this right now, is not being a psycho, crazy, 
A-type trying to do (laughs) 10 million things in every single second and be everything to everyone and have a million balls in the air and somehow think that I'm going to juggle them all. Like just that whole stress, rushing woman, as Dr. Libby likes to call it, that thing. I think that's the hardest one. And, and that was one of the key components to me not having a menstrual cycle mm. because I was just so stressed. And I really think that that's probably always going to be the one that I need to come back to and make sure that I'm focusing on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard a beautiful analogy of, um, you know, anytime we're on a health journey, there will be the swings. Yeah, so we swing to the left and then we get a little bit too far. So we sort of come back to the middle. We swing to the right. We get a little bit too far. We come back to the middle. It's not always smooth sailing. It's all. It's not always in the right direction. Definitely. Um, but it's just, you know, those one foot's in front of the other. That's yes. really important. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, today's topic, I'm really excited about this topic because it's actually one of my favorite things um, to talk about with people and talk about with my clients. And I think that awesome. you have a great grasp on this. Um, I hope so. <laughs> 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 But um, we're going to be talking about sort of the emotional connection between health and illness. Yeah. Yes. So what would your definition of that be? Or can you explain that, that concept to some of the listeners? Yes. So I guess I feel like it's still, when we talk about the connection, like the mind body connection, and we talk about that emotional connection to wellness and particularly to specific health conditions, it's still a little bit out in that left field it's not quite in the general um consensus of that is scientific fact realm yet it's not quite there Mm -hmm. yet but when i'm talking to groups about this phenomenon and i'm trying to make it very sort of pg for want of a better word the way i describe it is this everybody has had an experience in their life where they've been really stressed or really upset or something quite traumatic has happened and they have noticed it has affected their well-being in some capacity whether it's their sleep or whether it's their hormones or whether it's just their general mood or their energy levels we've all had that experience and that to me is just a pure example of how our emotional well-being is interplaying with our physiology and I think I think that the scientific research is starting to catch up to that so you know now people are or experts are definitely talking about stress is actually causing leaky gut even if people are doing absolutely everything right sometimes if there is still stress there they will actually have small intestinal permeability so i think that science is now starting to acknowledge that there are some so-called invisible components to health and wellness that we really can't measure and i think those things are where if we combine them with what we can sort of touch and feel and see in terms of um, more of the more sorry more of the practical approaches to well-being i think that we can see some really profound results yeah awesome did that make sense yeah definitely definitely (laughs) so uh, i'm sure that you experience this in you know when you're working with clients as well but i definitely know that um the people who maybe are for lack of a better word in a negative mindset or um a feeling like there's no hope or you know for whatever reason almost are attached 
to their disease in some way, shape, or form. It's really hard. You can do, they can do yoga, they can eat right, they can do all these things, but um, often they're the people that don't get better. Definitely. Yeah. Do you find that as well? Yeah, I find, I mean, obviously there is that type of person who is either you know, very self-critical or or very stuck in some negative mindsets or negative uh, self-belief patterns. But there's also people like I, like me that I was referring to before that are um, predisposed to having high, high standards for themselves and are perfectionists. And, you know, they can find that, um, you know, they're just pushing their bodies so hard. and, And so, for me, it's not even just those people that are really stuck in those so-called negative belief patterns. There, there can be all sorts of underlying stressors that are emotional that can be compromising someone's ability to heal. Like, for instance, with fertility, oftentimes there might be some underlying – it seems to keep coming up to stress, so I'm just going to go with mm. this example – but oftentimes there are – Again, stressors that are subtle, like maybe the woman's workload that isn't necessarily a limiting negative self-belief about I can't conceive, but maybe just an inability to um, slow down that's really preventing her from being enough in her feminine energy at the expense of sounding woo-woo to really facilitate conception so I feel like there's so many things that are emotional that can play a part in people healing and, and in people achieving whatever it is that they want to achieve with their health. But certainly negative mindset and people um, being stuck in those negative thought patterns are um, big issues. This episode of the Inspired Optimist podcast will continue very soon. If you're enjoying this episode and think that one of your loved ones would benefit from this information, make sure you share it with them and of course, give me a five-star rating on iTunes. It is now time for the rest of the show. Listen up as we discuss the action steps that you can take to reduce the risk of your mindset impacting your health. So Sarah, we've touched on um, how your mind and your stresses etc can affect your well-being what are some of the ways that um, we can actually help to change our mindset okay so i feel like there's so many things that really affect mindset um i suppose i'll start with some of the more practical things and then move into more of those sort of esoteric things for want of a better word so I mean, as a health coach, working with people around helping them to achieve whatever it is that they want to with their body and well-being, I mean, it would be remiss of me to not talk about food and particularly gut health because obviously a healthy gut also means a healthy mind and I think that 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 interconnectedness between those two organs and 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 having one working starting really with the gut which means food um is really really important and without that you are really going to struggle 
no matter how many affirmations you might want to do or vision boards you might want to create and we'll come back to that so I really do feel like um, making sure that the machine i.e the human physiological body which is you know primarily the brain and the gut it would seem um, is working properly is probably the first component and well hydrated and moving regularly and all of those other 101 foundations that I feel people still need a lot of help with and 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 guidance around so that's that's the first part and then obviously second to that although I'm just as passionate about this really ensuring that the body is getting adequate rest so sleep hygiene is something that I always cover off on actually probably rant on about with my clients because I really believe that we're not honoring our 24-hour circadian cycles anymore, that we're getting exposure, chronic exposure to light, that we're um, suppressing our melatonin production, that we're all chronically producing cortisol all throughout the day and probably into the night. And so our brain isn't also getting that rest, that restorative and you know rest and repair period that it really needs. And again, if we're talking about mindset, if that organ isn't resting and repairing, then how can it even attempt to try and change some of those limiting beliefs and negative thought patterns that have been knocking around in there for 20, 30, 40 years? Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So first when you said sleep hygiene, I was like, oh yeah, clean my sheets. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when I listened a little bit further, you're talking about making sure that your sleep environment is one that is succinct with rest you know so um, what are some of those things specifically that someone would need to do right now to you know make sure that their bedroom or their rest environment is clean I love talking about this stuff it just like floats my boat so much so we are designed to have uh, a succinct period between 10 p.m and 6 a.m of practical you know darkness And then the rest of the time, relative lightness, obviously, you know, some dusky periods between 6 p.m. and 10 p.m., but we don't have that same exposure to dark anymore because we live in these beautifully LED lit up like Christmas tree houses and we stare at our beautiful smartphones and tablets and um, amazingly crazy TVs now that just emit this um, light spectrum that just completely suppresses that beautiful sleep hormone. So I guess the simple way that I try and explain it to my clients is imagine, and obviously I'm not asking you to replicate this exactly, but imagine that you were living in a cave and try as much as possible to replicate that environment so when you see the sun setting in the evening try and create more of a dim environment in your home whether that means having just lamps on and give yourself a curfew from all of your devices yes there are things you can use to also sort of mimic that evening tone like the blue blocking glasses and the night shift on your phone and things like that but really doing everything you can to create more of a dim and dark environment in those hours leading up to bed and certainly you know keeping it nice and dark in the bedroom the bedroom is for sleeping and sex only no other electronic things or activities in there so um, I think that that's a really powerful way to really help overall health certainly but definitely when it comes to getting mindset under control if you don't have those things done first it's you're really going to be fighting an uphill battle 
Fantastic. And I think just touching as well on the, the phones in bed, this is definitely something that um, sometimes I fall into a trap with. So this isn't coming from a place of, you know, that I've got it all together. Um, however, if you are on social media just before bed, it's essentially you can't control what you're viewing in terms of the, the bad news. Definitely. So when we're talking about creating that restful state, you will be activating a stress response if you're viewing something uh, on your phone from a friend or an article or something that um, isn't great for if you wanted to get restful sleep. Definitely. I always ask my clients, oh, I don't care if they have blue blocking glasses, which I do, and they have the night shift on their phone and flux on their computer. I always say, regardless of that, if you're going to bed at 10 p.m., you have to step away from all of your devices, particularly devices that have um, social media on them. You have to give yourself an hour or two, if you can, where you don't look at that before you go to bed. Because the minute that you look at Instagram or Facebook or any of those, even if it's excitement because you've just seen someone's engaged or if it's jealousy because you've just looked at, you know, someone's highlight reel from their Facebook feed, it doesn't matter what the emotion is, good or bad, it is stimulating a response that is basically suppressing some of your melatonin. So absolutely, um, it doesn't matter what like tricky little biohacks you're using to sort of help cultivate melatonin. You really need to step away from those devices for a little while just to give your body that real opportunity to calm down before you go to sleep. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally so, agree. Yeah. So we touched on gut health yes. and clean sleep. What do you call it? Sleep clean, hygiene. Sleep hygiene. Sleep clean hygiene. Sleep hygiene. <laughs> sleep hygiene. What, sleep what hygiene. are some other things that um, some action steps that people can take for yes. a mindset change? Yes. And so the other thing I just quickly want to touch on is just, and I feel like I've already brought this to everyone's attention or at least alluded to it, but is managing stress. Um, so again, you know, it's all good and well to do all of those beautiful things in the latter half of the day leading into that, um, bedtime. But if you're flapping around doing 10,000 things a day saying absolutely yes to everything and, um, you know, just really pushing the envelope when it comes to, uh, work life balance or lack thereof, then, um, you will again really, really struggle to achieve what you want to achieve with your health and certainly um, really center yourself in terms of really getting the right mindset. And I'll talk about some strategies around, you know, actually implementing some changes to mindset. But so I think having a daily practice of yoga or meditation where you take your mind, body out of that fight or flight. It sounds so cliched and so human biology 101, but really just calming the nervous system down. And I really believe that it's more about consistency than it is about hours and hours on the mat. So if, if it's five minutes every day, well, that's better than just randomly 10 minutes once a week. So finding a way to really calm the nervous system down, I think is just the final practical physiological thing that needs to happen before you start implementing changes to mindset. Yeah. So we can talk about that now yeah. if you want. Yeah. Well, just before we do that, um, a little plug for chiropractic. 
get an adjustment if you yes. want a calming nervous system down. Definitely. Yeah. You should always definitely, definitely be any an adjustment. Definitely. Yeah. And also meditating. Meditating and getting an adjustment. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like a little tune-up. Maybe yeah. you should get an adjustment and then meditate. It would be amazing. Yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, will find you have so many opinions. Yes, exactly. <laughs> cool. So what are some of those, you know, little little life hacks, I suppose, or strategies? Yeah, so then I think it's really about sort of probably two things. Like one, just identifying some of those if there are underlying emotional sort of triggers or traumas that you might be carrying around so that's probably the limiting self-beliefs like i'm not good enough or i hate myself or i'm ugly or i'm fat all those you know nasty little sentences that are you know that little baby inside of us or a child inside of us says and we all have them no matter how much personal development work that we do so um, and obviously some people's are stronger. So sometimes that can be um, working with a therapist or doing kinesiology or doing some body work, doing Reiki, just um, exploring what those sentences are, identifying them and um, challenging them and um, doing work around releasing them and letting them go and letting them go to where they belong, which was maybe when you were a five-year-old. Um, and then I guess the other part is, um, I guess neuroplasticity stuff like retraining the brain and for me I really love all of the work and this is really where a lot of my passion lies as well like you Jacinta I think is um, really around oh I, sorry I've jumped around a bit but the, I love the work of say Abraham Hicks I love all that um, visualization stuff and manifestation stuff so Absolutely. which is which is so obscure and Abraham Hicks's stuff is quite advanced for a lot of people. So I don't typically suggest that stuff to everybody, but I certainly use their slash his slash her principles. Um, and some of the simple things I suggest people do is create a vision board um, and Pinterest is awesome for that, but there's also other apps and things you can use or just, you know, old-fashioned magazines and um, scissors. So really creating something that they can look at and um, just start to um, imprint in their subconscious mind that makes them feel good um, or uh, trying to do a little bit of visualization when they're doing the meditation. So getting them to sometimes do it with them in, in clinic and just ask them to um, close their eyes and remember a time that they either felt well or looked good or or visualize something that they want to manifest like maybe a pregnant belly and um, or a baby in their arms so really um, trying to get them to get that sort of visceral feeling of what it is and to try and conjure that on a regular basis so these are sort the sort of things that I find can really help to train the brain into believing that good things are possible and then help people to align with that belief and then manifest that belief yeah absolutely but only in conjunction with a body that's working properly and is healthy and well rested and the gut health is under control and all of those other things too yeah absolutely and um in terms of you know people thinking oh well you know how the hell can a vision board and that sort of help me out when i'm stressed out of my mind well if we talk about energy which is something that i go over um in the mind massage event um you know 
to our very matter we are electrons and protons and energy that's vibrating and everyone's had that experience where they've walked into a room and they just feel that the energy's dead in there or it's low or yes. you know everyone's quiet and um it's because we're so connected i think that um sometimes we lose touch with that so if we're doing things that raise that energy and vibrational frequency like you know hanging around people that you love um, these are all things that I believe can really change your mind and the way your brain works and all that good stuff too. Definitely. And I guess to go right back to what I was saying at the very beginning when you asked me my definition of happiness and I think that, you know, what's really important is not to think holistically about happiness but just to find, to sit down and write down four things that make you happy and then do that all the time because you're raising your vibration just by doing things that make you happy or being around people that make you happy or animals or nature or whatever it is and and just that simple exercise is going to open up that vibrational attraction Mm -hmm. i can't think of the word i'm not articulating Mm -hmm. it well but just it's going to raise your vibration Mm -hmm. as you've already said Mm -hmm. and and sort of attract more of those things that make you happy into your world so you know to just cycle back to the beginning it really is i love it when things come full circle. i know (laughs) (laughs) so we don't have a huge amount of time left because obviously sarah has a beautiful baby to get home to but um before we finish off i would just love um if you could give us some tips of how to um how to know when you are in that stress overwhelm and poor mindset state okay so i think For most people, it's pretty obvious. I think if they just stop and really think about it, um, they'll know if they are. But I mean, there are some obvious ones. If you're not feeling happy most of the time, if you're prone to feeling stressed and overwhelmed a lot of the time, if you have random sugar cravings that you don't think you can control, definitely that is 100% stress hormones. If you have weight issues that you just cannot seem to shift if you have any chronic health conditions uh back pain neck pain shoulder pain yes (laughs) i mean we could sit here and just list all of the symptoms for probably hours and hours so i think you know most people get a sense if they are vibrating at a high frequency and feeling really fulfilled and feeling full of um, energy and in alignment with their purpose or whether they're just wading their way through the fog of everyday life and and feeling mostly stressed, frazzled and overwhelmed. Yeah, beautiful. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. That was an awesome chat. I loved it. Great. So where um, where can we find you? So everybody can probably just head over to my website, which is all of the W's at the beginning and then health-wellbeing.com.au. Um, and obviously Instagram is shehop underscore health. And Facebook, you can probably just type in my name and you'll find me. But they're probably the best spots to find me. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. This is Jacinta from the Inspired Optimist podcast. If you feel like this episode was helpful, make sure you share it with your loved ones. And of course, give me a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you and have a beautiful day. Bye for now. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.